Six weeks, that's plenty of time. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. We are, well, I'm Naomi. And I'm Liz. And we're the Red Galloway Girls. And welcome to the podcast. <laughs> and yeah, I guess like last week, like you said, we're, you know, a podcast about running and neither of us has been running other than in the pool. I ran a mile. <laughs> <laughs> to test out some shoes. Test out some shoes. And I didn't like them because my stomach revolted. And now I have the the weird association that these shoes will make my stomach revolt. Oh. No. Um, they're really heavy. I tried the Kinvara Pro. So I'm a diehard Kinvara runner. I've been running in the Kinvara since they launched in September of 2009, I believe. 2009, 2010. Wow. 2010, I think. I love the Kinvara. I hated the Kinvara 5. I think the Kinvara 8 or 9, there was one of another those one you hated I there. like kind of skipped, but for the most part, I love the Kinvara. So I tried the Kinvara Pro. It's They're the carbon plated su- It's got a Kinvara. carbon plate. It's super stacked up and super squishy. It's like everything the Kinvara isn't. That's and the I, problem. <laughs> I don't love it. I don't love it. I'm going to give it another shot. Yeah. You know, it's heavier though than the Endorphin Pro. Which... Like Which that's, is, it's, that's it weird. feels as heavy, you know what it feels as heavy as, is the first endorphin, the endorphin shift, which was like, that's like the lowest line in the endorphin without a plate. That's mm-hmm. how heavy it feels. It just feels so heavy. So it's the first iteration. So I'm sure there will be some updates to it. I'm excited to try it again when I, yeah. my stomach is not revolting and when I actually like, and I, I almost think I need to like try it on an easy run, not a speed workout, even though that's what it's designed for. Hmm. But you know what? It gave me a little bit of shin pain. And I think it's that for me, like the carbon plate gives me that benefit during races, but it's not really going to give me like the way my foot flexes. My foot wants to flex. I was telling the guy at Potomac River Running, I was like, you know, I actually can race a marathon in a Kinvara and do pretty well. Right. So. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like we've mentioned before, it's like, it's not the shoe. It's it's the it's runner. It's the runner. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. I, th- I I definitely like certain, some of these super shoes that we've tried. I've, I've liked them. There's other ones where I've had issues after, you know, during yeah. the race. And all in all, though, I've had equally as good results or better, yeah. my PRs themselves, like in other my regular training shoes. So yeah, I I will say I still think like when it comes to the super shoes, it's definitely worth it for a race. There's a lot of talk about doing more training with the super shoes. Um, I I just don't know. I don't know where the benefit is if you're unless you're doing a lot of like traditional marathon, a lot of speed work training, like. I guess on our mal repeat days, it really would make sense to use a super shoe, but we always skip those. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we don't have experience to talk about that. And you know, yeah. it's interesting. I just I just finished Kara Goucher's book, and in light of everything there with Nike and how they backed up Alberto and how they, it you know they actually supported financially like the process and stuff. I am like. No, don't ever buy any Nike products again. So like, so there are new people at <laughs> Nike because, yes. you know, this is really funny. Um, Swap talked a lot about this. Like, how do you come to terms with Nike when mm-hmm. they've done all this stuff in the past? 
Nike's put a lot of research. It's it's like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. They threw out the bathwater eventually, and they have a lot of new people at Nike that are doing good work that are really trying to make like make amends for that without coming like it, they're putting it in action without saying it, which yeah. But like I don't know. This can like, you hold a corporation accountable? Accountable? For, like that's a hard question. It is hard because. Okay, this is actually kind of a cool example. In 2020, Starbucks had a misstep with the whole George Floyd thing. And they had, like, just a misstep. And then they came out, and, like, everybody was, like, furious. And, you know, it was 2020. It was June. And tensions were high everywhere because of every reason. And they came out with, like, a really good, like, kind of apology. And they made a difference and here's what they did. Like, I think that they they did a day where their money, their proceeds went to a cause. Like, mm-hmm. they they actually, they tried. tried to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. And like, because I think sometimes corporations, they don't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. But also, like, a misstep that's a little different. Like, it's a, a PR misstep or a misstep where, like, with Gooder, with their advertising misstep yeah. back with the one ad that kind of the went. Pa- pineapple pineapple painkillers. Pain yeah. Versus, um, like, a cultural inherent, like, major issue. And, like, so Mark Parker, he stepped down as, like, I guess he was, was he CEO or whatever at Nike? But he stepped down, but he's still one of the top execs on the board. So he's still there. Like, so I just feel like, you know... It's, well, but it's then hard in that, like, that. then how do you support Kira uh, D'Amato? She's a Nike runner. I like, know. Right? That's what's hard. And like, see, that's yeah. where, and and we know that she's a phenomenal, amazing person. Yes. And we know that she would never stand for any of that. Yes. Right? And so you have to think that there's cultural change that has happened there. And now, do I think that Nike should have to go back and make reparations to the people that they harmed? 100%. Yeah. I think Alberto Salazar needs to, like, I actually don't think he should just crawl in a hole and go away. I think he should be forced to, like, every day make a, make a public apology or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad that he's banned from, like, Forever, for right? safe sport. And, like, that's U.S., though. He could still coach internationally he could coach in like yeah. leagues that are not um subject like that are not under safe sport uh, guidelines yeah but. um you know i think that there's like it's human nature to kind of push the envelope and go too far so i try to not like judge people when they go like like okay so it's funny like the sexual misconduct and safe sport that's to me there's no coming back from that. Right. Like I've watched enough SVU to know that rehabilitation, like those is not those people yeah. just need to go to an island by themselves. <laughs> like, and, but Alberta did. There was sexual abuse too. Right. That's why. So that, that's where he gets that. Yeah, I cannot yeah. ever. But like, you're thinking forget, like right the but the but I do think about the like, doping the, allegations, the doping allegations, and being a little and being like strict and hard and even. Even with he- even with like the pushing people towards eating disorders, right? Like Mary like, Kane, like and her self harm, yeah. and like yeah, there's a little bit that like like I kind of I get the if some is good, more is better, like excess thought. I mm-hmm. get the 
well, I haven't been caught yet. Well, if this is the rule and this is just past. Just below. Just, just under, under the rule. Yes. Like, like the androgel, like the testosterone gel. I get that. Like, I really understand yes. that. And I'm like. Well, and that's, uh, that's part of what <laughs> everyone's trying to do is how do we, how do we hack? How do we biohack legally? Yeah. You know, AG1 or I like, know. or, you know, um, the branch chain amino acids or the shoes. How yeah. do we do that legally? And so, yeah, like with the androgen, that's why Galen and Mo didn't get charged with anything or lose any of their titles because they, they had higher testosterone, but it was still under, under the, the, threshold the threshold because it was that, that topical gel that Alberto was using yeah. most likely. And they're like, they never, they didn't ever exceed the the rule yeah. like there's a like just like with the shoes or with anything else if yeah. you can just creep up to the line mm-hmm. or if the line can be moved because of the stack height of the shoe <laughs> which they did okay like I even think about like even though it's not okay so feeling better is performance enhancing right and feeling good and sleeping well mm-hmm. and like as you're like I'm going through fertility treatments we're you know in our 40s now, Sarah just did that hormone panel. Now yeah. she's doing all these things. I'm like subvert, subverting your natural, what's happening naturally to you through supplements, through ex- any exogenous hormones. Like, where is the line there too? Yeah. Like, right? Like, if your body, like, if your body stops doing it, is it okay to still want the hormone levels of a 25-year-old? Right. Right? But I I actually think the answer is yes. Um, This is like a little sidestep. I listened to um, a New York Times daily article, like daily podcast, Mm -hmm. about an article that I had read, is menopause having a moment. Oh, yeah. I read that one too. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they were talking about how all the studies in the 90s that it said that hormone replacement therapy for menopause like increased cancer risk by 62%. Well, if your risk is 1% and it increases by 62%, yeah. it makes it 1.62%. And <laughs> right. to me, I'm like that I'm like okay, give me the hormones then make me feel better. Right. And so there really needs to uh, they're really like now I think women are really pushing more for like, okay, yes. can we get some hormone therapy? Can you just monitor me more closely? Like this risk seems worth it to feel better. Right. Like, you know. For a decade. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. And I've got to tell you, like work after. Work life, your life. A year of being in, for a year plus being in fertility treatments, I realize I feel the best with higher estrogen I feel so good. Like I have more shape to my body. I just feel like prettier and I sleep better. (laughs) And when, as soon as that drops off and my progesterone, or as soon as like, so estrogen and progesterone stay high together and then estrogen drops and progesterone only is high, I have the worst sleep ever. Mm. It's so bad. I have these like crazy vivid dreams. My HRV kind of tanks like so. And then as soon as that progesterone drops, I feel amazing again. So Yeah, it's interesting because you're like tracking it. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like I know for myself and I don't know about other women, like whether you're looking at, you know, tracking your cycles and your HRV. For you, it's obviously part of what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And 
for me, I haven't seen like big differences on um, on that scale. I usually only see differences with HRV with with sleep, which then yeah. so then it comes in you know when I'm training more and getting up earlier, yeah. then my HRV is going down sometimes because of that. And so once I'm if I'm taking a period off like right now for injury or for illness, then like I'll see my HRV going well, back it's, up. It's sleep related because it's so sleep related. The yeah. hormones affect my sleep, which then affects my HRV. Yeah. So yeah, that's. That's really what it is because I, I've hacked the Garmin algorithm. The <laughs> HRV algorithm is purely sleep-based. That's what I, that's what it looks like <laughs> for me as well. purely sleep-based. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons why my HRV goes sky high after a hard workout is you I sleep. go to bed earlier. <laughs> that's, there you go. So there is. A- um, so there's some correlation to that. <laughs> there is. Uh, so, which is, which is just funny. I still love it as a metric. I still think it's, yes. it's incredible. Oh, so I was in the League of Garmin Facebook page. Yeah. And I saw the screens of the new watches. Mm, like mm-hmm. somebody posted and I was like, yes, oh, I saw that one. I need one. <laughs> Where they were asking about their recovery time. Their recovery time. I saw that too. I was like, yeah. what is that I was fancy like, that watch? so fancy. Yeah. Um, so, actually, I, yeah, that's, um, the other thing that I've I've been excited is I finally went back to productive. Yay! From because yeah, agreed. I like the HRV metrics and I like the training status metrics and all of that. Even though sometimes they really don't correlate to how you're doing in well, real life. And you can't always you can't always believe your watch because yeah, um, my watch like my HRV actually right now is last night was. 42 and like two nights ago was 43 and it says I'm unbalanced at 39. Okay. If I go back like six months, if I go back six weeks, yeah, 39 and 40 is the middle of my zone. Right. But I had four weeks where my HRV just went crazy high because of a lot of high estrogen. Oh. And then I was on progesterone, which made it drop. And so my range adjusted. And so I'm like, I'm totally imbalanced. Like 40 is like really my, my range is probably 39 to 45 yeah. is where I should be. And yes, I'm going to have times where like everything comes together and it goes up a little higher, but I'm not like stressing that it's like super low for me because I know exactly why right. it went high. And yeah, there was a time that 30 was my best. So yeah. so I'm just I'm not stressing about the HRV. I think it's I think it's such a cool metric to have. It is. I also restarted my ADHD meds, so it could be oh, that interesting. too. Yeah. Yeah. And so and, and like stimulant. Yeah. yeah. And it's and you're good, like we're a good case study for like people who are looking at theirs and wondering if well, am I too low or too high or too whatever? Because you're you know, saying what yours was and my seven day average is ninety. Last right. night was ninety one, and so like right. we're at very different parts of this spectrum, in, and it doesn't com- make yeah. we're almost like on completely different ends of the range because right. I think normal for an athlete is like sixty five. I I think it depends because I don't know if read something about like higher higher level athletes being you know wanting to, you want to be like a hundred, and I've been at a hundred doesn't make yeah. me a great athlete, so it's right. just, that's just where I am. But, but I think um, I think. Uh, 
But yeah, David like, Roach was saying his is low. Okay, like, see, and that's the you thing, know it's like always it's lower than Megan's. Like, I'll, we'll have to ask specific numbers. It's kind of interesting. Just, just as like, I would love to survey, or maybe I'll put up a oh, poll yeah, in the that. League of Garmin. Just be like, just for funsies, what's your what's your average HRV? Right. Yeah, because it is really interesting how it's so individual. It's kind of like we yeah. were we we're doing the FTP, the threshold test on. Um, the Peloton, like getting uh-huh. our zones. And like he's talking about, you know, Matt Wilpers, who's the pro athlete, yeah. talking about his where his zones are. And obviously they're going to be very different from ours, which is going to be very right. different from someone else's. Well, and so, I already have a bar, so I was like using that. But mine's totally wrong. Mine, so is mine. Yeah, mine's way low. So, I don't so know is mine. Like I, just a, used, I, think, I was just imagining mine's for like a 70-year-old woman because it's like I just, way yeah, lower than my actual. It, I just use that and then we'll do the test tomorrow. I might do the test tonight. I'll see how, how things go at work. Yeah. Um, But... To get, like, the actual... Right. Well, I could tell from what, you know, when he was gauging us through, I could sort of get a feel for where mine should be. I was also so. trying to, like, I was looking at heart rate data knowing that, yes. like, where my heart rate should be. Exactly. And, like, I also was like, okay, well, it was really hard. Like, my muscles were sore before my heart rate was getting to thresholds. Right. And I was like, okay, but if yes. I go by the legs, then this is where I'm at. And if yes. I go by my heart rate... I'm nowhere near where I need to be. So it's like, I'd rather be low for a little while and then redo the test. So what we're talking about, sorry, we started on Peloton because we're Peloton girls now. Um, We started the Discover Your Zones program for the Power Zones. It's a biking program. So if you have a Peloton bike and you have not done the Discover Your Power Zones program, you should join us and discover your power zones with us. Yeah, we're doing the five-week program. It's still like a lot of classes in there, but you don't have to do it over five weeks. Yeah, if it takes you longer, that's fine. Yeah, it's like four. I want to say short. it's four classes a week. And Well, it drops down. So it's like this week there's like seven, and then it goes down to four. Okay, but, they're, these but are I think short you do week. two in a day. Yes, So it seems like a lot. Like, but it's 30 to 45 minutes a day. Yeah, which is perfect. Like, and, yeah. and um, yeah, I was looking, exactly, I was looking at the heart rate because I know, like, and he was also saying, like, this is something you can do all day versus can you do it for an hour, like, threshold. And, yeah, finally, I did see my my heart rate creep right into threshold. And oh, that's, that's like, good. But it only was for a couple minutes. But I was like, okay, yeah. now I know. Because I know when, when I'm running what heart rate what threshold looks like and how yeah. it feels. So, so um, yeah, so we're doing that program. And then I also started a restorative yoga program with, with Ross because I love Ross. He's great. He's my favorite because his classes aren't like, okay, let's do – so his they're yoga classes technical, I guess. No, they the, are. Or they te- are technical, but so they're not. So he's not like flow. let's do this flow all the way through, go from right. one posture to another. He's like, okay, let's do this one posture, and let's just hold it. Yeah. And this is why you do it, and this is what this part of your body is feeling like, and this part, yeah. and this part. And then, okay, now stand up and kind of shake it out. And now let's do the other side. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want. Like yeah. this is the type of yoga that I want. It's like. It's more brain. Mind yeah. connection. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is going to be really good to, like, get back into, like, my kind of groundedness. And then I want to do the inversions class. But I've got to make sure Brian, like, clears a wall for me. Ooh, because there's an inversions program to, like, learn to do handstands. It's two weeks. Yeah. yeah. That 
scares me. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. That's that's gonna be my next. So we're just we're like looking at the programs on Peloton, and then I thought it might be kind of fun to actually go through the classes and put together our own program. Yeah. That would be, That'd be really fun. That, that would be fun. That's how we're doing our fitness now. Now, one of the cool <laughs> things we discovered is you don't need a Peloton bike or even a treadmill or anything other than a mat on the floor and outside and a phone to enjoy the Peloton app. Yes. And how much was it? It's $13, $13 a month, $12.99 a month. Oh, my gosh. For, like, all of the classes and that, yeah, and obviously. I think we can invite you to a one-month free so um, I think that's right, right? We have like a, yeah, a code. We it can... was, yeah, at one point it was two months. I don't know if okay. they changed the amounts. Like We will put up our friend links or message us and we can give you a friend link. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very cool. They have audio walks outside, audio runs. They have all the yoga classes. They have all the Pilates classes. They have hip hop. They have like of course dance the strength. classes, strength. I mean, it's a really phenomenal app. You yeah. could even use the cycling classes on a stationary bike. A stationary bike that you have or your bike on a trainer. You could use them at a gym. Like, and the best part about these classes is the instructors are like friendly and like they're people. Relatable. Yeah. They're kind of like us. They're like <laughs> workout podcasts. They're regular people. Like they're so they're really, really great. Yeah. They're not like the you know what? They are like the opposite of the the beach body coaches. Right. The beach body coaches were like, I'm the best, I'm the best, and you can kind of get close to me. Like if yeah. you do this, you'll be a little bit closer to me, but you're never gonna be as good as me, right? That's like kind of the the effort uh, or the the air. The, Except Tony Horton. I the love vibe. I love Tony Horton, love him. But like Autumn, like she's great, she's sweet, but it, she always felt like it always felt like she was the top and you could right. get close, but maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll Whereas never get Whereas the Peloton here. people are like, I am just like you. Yeah. You are just like me and we are in this together. Yeah. And I just love that. I love that. it when they'll talk about how this hurts me. This is yeah, painful. Yeah. This, I'm feeling this. I, my like, favorite I don't want to be here. I, my favorite is during easy stuff during the like the live classes, Cody just stops. Yeah. Cody just stops pedaling. I'm like. I know. Or the days where Cody's like. I don't want to be here today. <laughs> just like that. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be here either. You know, it's he's great. like, but I'm here and we're gonna get the work done. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, 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 we are. I love Cody. It's, he's, he's my fave. He's so fun. <laughs> so yeah, actually, we are. Yeah, so that's what we're doing right now, starting these these courses yeah. to keep us on track. But we should talk about marathon training. Oh because yeah, because we are gonna start running again. Yes, we are, and more than one mile. And outside well, of the pool, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a 5k this weekend because. Yeah. There's a 5K There's a badge. badge. And I'm going to probably as well, just to get the badge, even though, like, I'll be three weeks out. Yeah. So I feel like I can start up again. And, and I, so I gave you the advice of grab your daughter. Yes. Grab your daughter. Grab your family. Grab Julian. Make Scott push the stroller. We're not bringing the stroller because we don't oh, okay. have room for anything like that. All right. Then never mind. So <laughs> grab your daughter. Julian can run. <laughs> Julian can run a mile. You yeah. can run one mile and so then we'll do you you know, two more. You go out for one mile and then grab Lila and do have her do 2.1 and then yeah. grab Scott and Julian for the last mile. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, and it'll you'll be keep it really, it'll really be easy. great. And yeah, we're we're going camping. We don't have room for anything. Our dog takes up the entire trunk of the car. So oh my gosh. I'm not really looking forward to it. <laughs> but 
I never Ooh. am. Okay, and so, I can't bring my paddleboard because there's no room. Even though I really yeah. Want to bring that, so Naomi got paddleboard. Yay. So hopefully, maybe tomorrow we'll go paddleboarding in the morning. I so I pumped it up and I deflated it to fit it back into its bag. It doesn't take that long. Oh, good. I mean, I will pump it up. Like if we're gonna go in the morning, I'll pump it up tonight because it takes well, like ten minutes. You can just use ours, too. or I can just that's use just yours. easier. Yeah, that's true. Um, bring your paddle though because your paddle's yeah. lighter. Yeah. Um, because you got probably the pink board, I got the pink right? board. Yeah, the paddle's lighter. <laughs> um, and then, um. We have the uh, we have the power inflator, so so you don't have to the hand do pump. It. Yeah, <laughs> it really didn't take that long. Um, all right, so how many weeks is it to Chicago? So we've got a bunch of marathons coming up this fall. Like there are people training for everything. Yeah, so Chicago, Chicago is, is just seven soon. and a half weeks away because it's four weeks sooner than yeah. So no, is it three weeks? It's three weeks out from. Marine Corps, so it is eight weeks away. Eight weeks. So a lot of people are starting to ask in the Chicago group, are you getting really tired, physically and mentally tired? That If you have done a 16 or a 20-week plan, you should be getting yeah. physically and mentally Halfway tired plan at right now. this point. You've got to just push through. So here is my advice. If you are starting to get physically and mentally tired, and this is for uh, Brennan, uh, it looks like... Sh- like they are very tired. They asked this question in the Facebook group. Um, stick with it. If you're physically and mentally tired, it is a okay for one week to ditch your plan and run 60, 30 to 60 minutes every other day until your long run on the weekend and then pick right pick your plan right back up. So that is always Jeff's advice to me whenever I'm I say I'm just burnt out. I'm so tired. He goes, "Well, run 30 minutes every other day until you're ready to jump back on your plan." And here's what happens to me. I get out about 20 minutes into that run, into that 30-minute run where I'm allowed to stop and I'm like I can do my four miles at marathon pace block, and I end up doing it. So that is... But give yourself permission. Yep, you give yourself permission. Or another piece of advice that he's given me is go run with other people, run in other locations, do something that makes it feel fun. So if you have a long run, like chop it up where other people join you for little sections of it. Don't worry so much about hitting paces. Get the mileage in. So keep it easy, get the mileage in, and you can always jump right back into your plan as soon as you're feeling better. Yeah, new locations, that's another question that's come up a lot in um, in our MRTT group Yeah, where it's like, what are some other routes I'm getting tired of the same out and back route on the WD, which we don't get tired of, but we love other people do. <laughs> yeah, that's the ADHD hyper focus. We yeah. like, like, like it almost is like comforting to yes. run the same route. It's almost to like know where you are at all times. Blanket of mm-hmm. like I am safe no matter where I am out here. Yeah, like I know um, where I am. I know all the landmarks. I know how far it is between point to point. All right. So, which uh, did we already answer the question that was emailed to us about the trots? Uh, no. no, we haven't answered it on the podcast. All right. So we had an, a question emailed, and this fits in with marathon training. We had somebody ask us. They're training with Chris Twiggs, um, and they have a great magic mile that predicts that they can do a 412 marathon, which is really amazing. But they've done a 450, but anytime they start to increase their pace, their stomach revolts and they get the dun 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 runner trots. <laughs> so what do you do when you get the runner trots? So 
I got to tell you, I have a weak gut. It happens to me all the time. You have celiac disease. Yes. But <laughs> but celiac should be like, so there's a subset of people that with celiac disease or with, and I'm also positive for B27, HLA B27, which is the IBS gene. Mm-hmm. So basically my, my gut is just kind of poop. <laughs> um, so here's my trick. Uh, it might work for you. It might not. So my trick is I like to empty myself out before I go for a run. So I do eat. Um, I always eat a little something, at least the Nature's Bakery cookies that we talk about yep. all the time. Um, <laughs> for to sponsor us. And I drink coffee and I try to get everything out. Once everything is out, I take Imodium. It is a magic white pill. I like the multi-symptom Imodium that also has simethicone in it because that helps with like any gas bubbles. Take that. Usually try to go one more time. Sometimes it's about a half mile into our run. We're very lucky we have potties along the way. Um, and then bring Imodium with me and then continue to fuel all the time because a lot of like keeping the gut from from wanting to empty is keeping it turned on because once it turns off, that's when it's going to want to empty. So gut training, making sure that you're getting a lot of fuel. Fueling during. And liquid fueling. Um, using liquid fuel can be helpful. Um, eating your fuel more frequently in smaller amounts is helpful. That's something that really helps for me. So mm-hmm. instead of, say, taking a gel packet every 40 minutes, no. I would mm-hmm. take an eighth or a quarter of a gel packet every ten, yeah. five Sip to ten minutes. So I'm sipping it, right? And then... Or um, honey stinger chews because you can just pop yep. a couple of those every ten minutes. And then my number one tip is a sparkle skirt. So just in case you do get a little <laughs> trot, nobody can see it. <laughs> and pack in your checked bag clean underwear, some kind of like wipe or towel, like something, like a wet wipe, something. I pack like makeup wipes that are, you know, they can be used other ways. And a fresh pair of shorts. That's that great, is yeah. always in my bag. Always, for always for races. Um, you know, because you can't help it if you get a little something, if you get a little turtle head <laughs> or something. <laughs> and you mentioned bathrooms along the way. We've talked about before. Uh, fast food restaurants are yeah. your friends. Yeah. They usually are open. They usually have a bathroom. Yeah, it's and usually sh- unlocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Starbucks now has their locks on them, but you still, you know, look, for, figure out on your route where there are some bathrooms. Yeah, and you just, can. you know, again, just trial and error. If that day your fast work isn't happening, um, if your fast work isn't happening that day, uh, try to fix your gut and then try like ditch it, ditch that workout, do the next thing, like do easy, easy run, run. Yeah. and then try again. Um, but most of the time, once you have, once you can kind of settle into that, uh, but Imodium, it's very, very safe to take while running. Yeah. You've checked um, with your doctor, like to make yep. sure there's no dosing. As long as you're following the max dosing on the packages, you're not going to take too much. It's not going to cause any muscle cramps in any other parts of or your like body. Or like long-term damage to yep. anything. Yeah. Organ so. damage. Yeah, it's so, safe, perfectly safe. And if you don't drink coffee, there's obviously other things you can do. For some people, just like drinking your AG1 or whatever you yeah. first, or like, you know, hot, I don't know, people do like hot water with lemon or something. There's other ways if you yeah. don't do coffee. So I find the caffeine, though, gives me a little oh, yeah. bit of it's an extra for the, yes. for the run. Like it's, it's just, oh, yeah. it kind of like wakes up my whole system. I love, love my coffee. Yeah. Um, 
So, so the runner trots happen. Don't be embarrassed. Like, just love your body. And I got to tell you, sparkle skirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my number one, like tight shorts and a sparkle skirt because it keeps it all in. <laughs> and yeah. And again, a lot of times it's just like for me, I get, I get nausea during runs. So it's not the runner trots, but it's the nausea. And so it's a, it's for me, it's tied back to fueling. Um, and it's, it's tied to under fueling. It's tied to during a run, not taking enough yeah. frequently and enough early on, not waiting too long yeah. and also not stopping eating when I start to like, you know, not the, want to eat it's because it gets tired same, of the taste. It's the same mechanism that's causing yes. both of these things. And it's the gut turning off. Shutting it's, down. It's all the blood flow being diverted to your muscles yep. and away from the gut. And then the gut is like, I don't know what to do now. And right. so you get you get nauseous, you get crampy, you get poopy. <laughs> right. So so it's really important to train that gut. More is With always fuel. better. Um, we haven't tried any of the new liquid gels, liquid fueling, but I'm sure we will because we love fuel. To try An stuff. experiment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um All right. So in the groups, I've also seen a lot of questions about shoes. We have a whole episode about why you deserve super shoes. Um, But a lot of people are, uh, it seems like a lot of new runners, new marathon runners, because I saw something in the Disney group, they really run in one pair of shoes the entire training cycle. Mm -hmm. And we are here to tell you, get three pairs, even if they're exactly the same model, and rotate them. The last thing you want is to show up on race day in shoes that are dead. That are worn down. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Or have shoes that are brand new. Like, that's also not good. Right, just in case you get a blister. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're, you know, buying... I know that was like a a thing people were talking about. It's like, oh, I don't want to wear the same... You know, or like they need to rebound between. That's not it. It's really just to wear them the same. It's to wear them out the same, so that on you know, so that you're wearing out your tread and your and your foam the same way. It's, it's or rotating around so you're not wearing them all down all the way down. All right. So someone is asking in the Chicago group with eight weeks to go. They were on vacation. They got really sick when they returned. They're still recovering, but it's been about a month since their last run. Sounds like COVID. Yeah, and their last run was 10 miles a month Uh-oh. ago. And is now they're eight scared. Eight weeks enough to get ready for yeah. a marathon? The answer is maybe. So if this person, uh, and I haven't looked, if they've done a marathon before, I would say if they've done two or three before, mm-hmm. I would say eight weeks is probably enough to get you across the finish line if you have 10 miles a month ago and you can run 15 today. <laughs> And, and like, it, um, you know, if you had a base earlier this yeah. year, if you, in the spring you were doing halves, yeah. you have somewhat of a base under you, you have experience on your legs. But if this is your first marathon, no, it is not enough to have run 10 miles one month ago and to try it eight weeks. It's just not safe. Defer that. Defer that. Make a new plan. Start today. There's still defer Chicago and pick a race that's in December, and you can be ready for that one. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just really, really, really important to, um, to, you know, get the volume in so that the wheels don't fall off at mile 16 and make you hate the rest of your day. So. <laughs> Plus, like... 
again, like you don't know what this person's experience level is. And also they're still recovering from being sick. So they're not going to be able to jump into the same place they were. It's not like they can just jump to a 20 miler right now. They still need, it sounds like they're going to need to rebuild from scratch almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. What about heat? We should talk about heat. Oh, running yeah. in the heat because running that's, in the heat. it is still summer out there. <sighs> Slow down. <laughs> that's it. It's the number one. I mean, cool. there are pre-cool yeah, your body. Pre-cooling, like you can pack Ooh. your, you know, pack your chest with ice before you go out. Yeah. You can dump water on yourself in the middle of runs, mm-hmm. just cooling and slow down the the uh, train by intensity, not pace. So when you're training in the heat, you need to really train by intensity. What does it feel like? What's your heart rate doing? Not pace because the difference between a 80 degree day or even a 75 degree day and a 50 degree day is huge. Oh my gosh. Like a 50 degree day, we could just like go bust out something really fast. Right. Whereas like, I mean, I went out trying to test out these shoes and like, they were so heavy though. Like I just couldn't get my legs to turn over because of it, it was the heat warm. of the day too. Yeah. Like the yeah the high yeah. and obviously starting earlier in the day is one thing, but you know, no matter how early you start, it's going. It might be really humid. You uh-huh. might your um you know your heart rate might jump up really quick early on in that run. So don't like worry or stress about the fact that you know either that you can't start as early as you would have liked to, you're not starting at 4 a.m., or that your heart rate does jump up. That's, again, you're going to slow down. We obviously are going to talk walk breaks. Yeah. <laughs> Galloway runners. So whether you're doing structured walk breaks like us, like Galloway Method, or whether you're just taking walk breaks per, you know, per how you feel, that's, you know, that's great. My suggestion, to walk. my suggestion in the heat, even if you're not strictly using Galloway, is to start those walk breaks early and yes. often and planned. So even if you're like, I'm going to be a straight runner and I'm going to just do my Higdon plan or my whoever's plan, my suggestion on hot runs is during any recoveries during workouts, go ahead and walk during those recoveries. Right. Take walk breaks during your recoveries. In any long runs that are supposed to be kind of just long runs, slow down, schedule yourself to take 30 seconds of walking every mile or so, Mm -hmm. like minimum. I got to tell you, though, like it's way better to use like a run-walk ratio and walk super early. Like start out with it. It is. But I know, and like you're that's, gonna and you're gonna improve faster. Yep. But I mean, hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already, you you're, you already know you <laughs> already know that you're gonna drop 14 minutes yep. in the marathon going from straight running to using a run walk on plan, average. On average, if you have an appropriate interval, like it's really really incredible. You can have a breakthrough marathon by because you can run faster when you incorporate walk breaks. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, this is actually a great next question. Should you do a fitness test? And this question was specifically asking about doing a half marathon over Labor Day weekend, which is what, four weeks out from Chicago? Four weeks out from Chicago. Should you do that? No. 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 <laughs> so uh, if you had a workout, marathon-paced miles – Four weeks out because it's it's very possible that you've got something where 17 miles with a six miles at marathon effort 
for the last six miles. Like, mm-hmm. right? That's a very four weeks out that could be in a traditional plan. Like in a Galloway plan four weeks out, you might have mile repeats. Yeah. And you might have tw- right? like 12. 12 or 14, mm-hmm. depending on what your it plan looks like. It might be like a 20 like. mile total run. You could absolutely swap in mile repeats. You could swap. And this is how I would, as a coach, how I would say you would do this. So a 14 by one mile repeat or a 12 by one is about a 20 mile run. So you would run seven miles easy before the half marathon. Then you would run the first seven, um, still kind of easy-ish. And then I would have you run the last seven at half marathon pace. So you wouldn't be able to fitness test the half marathon because you're going to do the first part of that half marathon easy still. So you're running like kind of an easy effort because I found that prescribing people mile repeats in the middle of the half marathon, they get really mad at the five minute walks. Yes. (laughs) They get really mad. So, but prescribing that half marathon effort at the end, kind of like as a progression build. As a progression build, yeah. um, That that can work for people, but you're you're not going to be happy with the half marathon time. You might as well just do that workout or a workout out on the trail. Yeah. You can't do a half marathon. A half marathon pace is the key that will likely... Now, make you peak too early. Now, six weeks out, yes. Six weeks out, go for it. Four weeks, nope, too soon. Yeah. So six weeks, eight weeks, go for it. Um, Like, you're not, probably not, actually, I'm not even going to say that. I'm like, oh, you probably won't PR the half, but you might. If you've been doing a 20-week plan and you're eight weeks out from your half marathon, you've got a great base under you, you might go out and run a half marathon and just, like, see what happens, right? You might PR if you've built some fitness from your previous PR. Yeah. So. Um, Another one kind of related to heat, chafing. Oh my gosh. Do we have any recommendations for uh, chafing? Running shirtless so, to avoid burning. And this nips. is a guy. Yeah. But I mean, we have we have our, our own chafing hot spots. I think most people yeah. have found that they have some areas that they'll chafe. Um, you really like the spray tri I love tri slide. Tri slide spray is like that's my jam for chafing. Um, I I bought it for a triathlon and it's like my absolute favorite. Don't do not spray it in your bathroom because it will make your floor super slippery. Take it outside to spray <laughs> it safe. or stand on a carpet. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's like a higher level than what you'll buy. Like uh, the running stores, you'll often buy um, the the glide, one that's like a deodorant stick. Yeah, body Those glide, which I like. Those and are I great use too. It. But tri slides maybe a step above. I don't know. <laughs> I don't it know. It's same? just a spray. It's it's I'll like an oil it. spray. I really like it. Um, we'll I to- like that you can like spray it anywhere you want to put it versus like yeah. the stick can it on. be kind of hard to get. But I've used body glide. That's what um, I usually use. I tend to chafe. I'm like pointing at my the backs of my arms chafe yeah. so my armpits and then actually when I was at the beach from swimming in the ocean and not rolling because I didn't have a black line to like so I was like swimming really flat I chafed yeah. in the front of my arms, arms were saying close together oh my gosh it was it was just the way that my my yeah. body was rubbing yeah so, we should do it you know end of one experiment where we use tricide on one pit yeah got body on the other see which pit Although, is less chafed <laughs> if you're using proper form in swimming you won't chafe right well yeah but so, for running yeah. it's um, that's yeah you know, whether and then, you're <laughs> and then I chafe in between my 
legs. In between, the, yeah, my, the thigh. My thighs just like to clap for Thigh me. claps. <laughs> Those thigh cheers. Yeah. So, so chafing. Um, for nipples, uh, tape, tape, like Band-Aids tape, um, sports tape, -tape work, like KT tape. tape works really well. Um, you could even use like, you could tape on with like KT tape or some other kind of waterproof tape. You could tape on like nipple shields, like that are like like breast pedals like for women um that would so work guys for can use them too yeah, that's a good idea too because they're like soft so um and one more topic i get well i don't know how many times how many topics we have but like are you insatiably hungry all the time yeah that's okay yeah. you eat just keep eating don't yeah. look at that as like a as a sign that like something you know is wrong being yeah. exhausted and being really so, really hungry are both but with that, yeah. with marathon training, running can sometimes have an appetite suppressing effect. Yes. And so it is really important to plan before you run, plan your post-run nutrition. Make sure you are grabbing calories within those first 30 minutes post-run, protein shake, cr some crackers, something. Get something in your body Right, right away. away. Because even if you are eating enough overall, if you have periods of massive calorie deficiency, such as the day of the run, you may have symptoms of low energy availability because your body needs to be able to, it needs those calories right away. So that's really important to eat enough always, to plan that post-run fuel, to eat enough during your runs. Um one of the questions like on that is a lot of people ask, why am I gaining weight during a marathon yeah. tra training cycle? Your body is changing. And it depends on how much weight, but a lot of times the increased carbohydrate intake required to run a marathon causes you to store more water. Carbohydrates store water. It's not necessarily fat. And, you know, as you get stronger, muscle is denser, so... I wouldn't go so much about the, by the scale. I would go with how do your clothes fit? Right. If they're fitting fine, great. If they're not fitting fine and you are tired and you feel insatiably hungry, look at the timing of your fuel. It could be that you've had periods of low energy availability because you say go out for your long run and then you hop in the shower and then you're like a little hungry, but you, you're tired, so you don't know what to make. So it's been four hours and you haven't really eaten. Your body is in starvation mode. And that's why the moment you start to eat, you are going to put on weight and, and store those store calories. those things, right? So that's where planning that nutrition is really, really important. And up that protein, uh, protein right afterwards. Um, they say a four to one carb to protein ratio. I wouldn't stress so much about that, even if you're at 50-50 carbs protein, because for me, something is always better than nothing. So chug that protein shake, shove some crackers in your face, you're good to go for like that. Like if you do that right after your run, as you're heading into the shower, then you have the energy to let your brain actually work to go get some more food. Another trick I like is when I get back from a run, I immediately order my Uber Eats, take a protein shake, so then my Uber Eats is here by the time I'm out of the shower. Nice. <laughs> it's interesting because right now on a break from running is like the first time in a really long time that I'm not like always insatiably hungry. And it's weird That's that awesome. it's it's just disconcerting because I'm like, mm -hmm. but normally I'm starving right now. And so so it's been like sporadic where I'll be like starving. But a lot of days, yeah, it's, it's 
all like all over the place when I'm actually eating meals. Yeah. But it'll as soon as we get ramped back up, it'll go back to the normal insatiable hunger. Um, I think we should talk about injuries. Yeah. Because your marathon training, something yeah. is going to fall apart. Yeah. And something's <laughs> gonna hurt. Something's gonna so, hurt. So <sighs> do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, injuries, especially if it's your first marathon, even second, if you're new to marathoning, marathoning is huge and can really put a lot of stress on the body yeah. and little running injuries can pop up. Now, if your plan is not a to finish easy plan and you have a new injury pop up, you need to sit down with yourself. If your goal is not just get across the finish line. You need to sit down with yourself and you need to say, answer the question, will I be happy if I cross the finish line or will I only be happy if I have the performance I want? Because if the question, if the answer is, I want the, I want the performance. It's time on the clock or whatever. Then you should defer, honestly, because mm-hmm. I think we both showed up at the race injured because we pushed through on a plan that was keeping us injured versus focusing on recovery only to be mad at the performance, right? And so I think if you're if you're really dealing with an injury, like you've got to kind of realize like okay, what is it? What's the goal of this race? Is the goal participation and and enjoying myself? Then if that is the goal and that should be the goal, but we get it I like performance too. Mm-hmm. So I like to show up and be able to like do a good job and feel good about myself. And that's that's actually what I'm saying. If that's your goal, like, and you're gonna be upset that you just finished, just checked a box on a marathon, defer it and pick another one where you get that goal. Like it's okay. Like it's not the end of the world to like defer a marathon. Um so if you can get right with, I just want to finish and have fun, get in PT, cut the workouts, and just do a basic to finish plan so you can focus on finishing without being in pain. That's really, really, really important. Drop speed, slow down, make it easy. Yeah. And if the other thing is to sit down and look at and ask yourself is, or, and go to a PT is what kind of injury is this? Find, kind of diagnose it, figure out what it is and whether or not something that is safe to run on or whether it's something that's going to, um, get worse, you know, if it's a stress reaction versus, um, you know, a, a tendonitis issue. Yeah. Um, cause so, I know, you know, if it's tendonitis, yes, you can train through it and drop your speed. Like, let's say it's hamstring, high hamstring tendinopathy. I've been there many, for many years. Yeah. You can train through it. You will probably drop your speed work. You will drop your hill work yeah. and you'll be able to complete. It won't be the, to the performance you want, but if that's okay with you, because it's just about, Hey, I'm, I'm doing, for example, one of the majors, right? It's Chicago or whatever. I don't want to lose that spot in, yeah. in the majors, you know, gotten through the lottery. Then if you're okay with the fact that it might be your worst worst time ever, great. Then you, as long as you're going to be happy with that. And if um, you're going to have a party, have a big one. So Yeah. So if you are, let's say you're an average marathon runner, 446, right? That's your average time. But you have to work to be at that. Like, you know, you've got to do the work. Well, go back and join the 530s. They're yes. having fun back there. Like, do 3030s, 
just finished. Have fun. Find somebody to run with that will will keep it fun for you. Um, Another one that another reason to kind of get to PT earlier, don't let it linger, is they can do some therapies that can get you pain-free and running fast if it's muscular or tendon. Yes. Um, I, in training for Chicago 2017, 2017? Yes. That's the one we ran together. Yeah. We ran... 18. 18 together. 2018. 17, you ran. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. But you ran also. So I always get the get the years. Yeah. So 2018, <laughs> I had horrible sartorius adductor pain. And I didn't get to PT until afterwards. And literally two PT sessions cured me of my pain. So. Yeah. Dry like, needling is amazing. Yeah. Um, if you can get a doctor who will do it. Like some things can be a quick fix yeah. if it is a tendon and, or muscle. And so. um it was it was really incredible, and I wish I had done it before Chicago because Chicago was really painful. It was the type of injury that um, at first I was a little concerned it might be bone. It was not. Yeah. But it was the type of injury that would hurt like the Dickens for 12 miles and then stop hurting because the muscle finally gave up trying to work. <laughs> yep. So I had that adductor so, issue this spring too. So that's really like – like if things get better, and a good rule of thumb is if the pain gets better as you run, it's usually muscular or tendon. Yeah. If it if it gets worse as you run, it's bone. So that's also something to get checked out because stress reactions they only get worse. They only turn into fractures, yeah. um, which turns into more downtime. Which that's not what your goal is. So get it get it diagnosed. Also, if you're in pain, swap a couple runs for a pool run. Yes, so, like. If you're in the thick of a training cycle, it's okay one week to swap your runs for other cardio to get out of pain because pain is just going to derail your training. And again, it's never worth it to push paces when you're in pain. Um, Planter, what would your advice be for someone who is eight weeks out from a marathon and they have horrible planter pain? Oh, gosh. Oh, man. It, I get. I guess it goes back to that same question. And what's your goal? What's your goal? Because if your goal is just to finish, or if you have, it's you know a racecation like we had with Mountains to Beach, or and it's and it really depends on. So for me, my planter wouldn't bother me during racing or during running most of the time, and that's the same for a lot of people. It doesn't hurt you during the running, which is why it's okay to continue running on it. It's not right. a, a bone you know issue. Um, but you're in pain the rest of your day. <laughs> so, but the problem with with planters that you will be in pain whether you choose to run or not. If right. you have planter, it will be you'll be in pain on you know upon yeah, wake up on, upon every yeah. yeah. So, um, so it depends on your goal and if you really do need to finish and do that race, you know, then you'll schedule schedule something immediately after. So schedule whether you're going to do shockwave or whether you're going to go for PRP or whatever you're going to try. Schedule that for right after the race. Would you recommend shockwave eight weeks out, like to try it? Because you could certainly try you can it. Still, you can still run yes. through shockwave. Exactly. So if you can, but the shockwave treatments take a few weeks, so it's not going to have any impact by the time. So there's like a three week cycle of getting the shockwave, and then the improvement starts. Um, six weeks after that, or it, so right. it won't. You, you might not see improvement until the week after you run the marathon. Ah, uh, okay. 
So try it for your life because you can keep running on it. Yeah. But it may not actually affect that particular cycle. That training cycle might be just what it is. Yeah. And so you have to go back and decide whether it's worth it. So I guess guess the question is with all of these injuries, what's your goal of running the marathon? Right. Is your goal to finish? Is your goal to have fun because it's a vacation? Is your goal like just the experience? Or are you also looking for some performance? And it's okay it's okay to have performance goals. We uh-huh. talk about loving the process. We talk about the process being the the goal. It's okay to also have time goals. Yeah. And if you're honest with yourself about those two things, then it's actually easier to make that decision, run the race or defer it, put it off. Like, if you're not honest and you're like, well, I just want to finish, but in the back of the end, I want to run a good time. Like, if you're not honest, you're setting yourself up for disappointment, it's I think. It's real, being realistic. Yeah. And so we were really good with that. And like with Mountains to Beach, we gave ourselves, yes, we had stretch goals. Yes, yeah. we had. And then we had realistic goals and we knocked it out we of the park. We crushed our realistic goal. Our realistic goal. goal. We like, <laughs> like 50 seconds under the realistic goal. Yeah. So... We, you know, it's. it's I still think so had it not been humid and hot, we would have been yeah. under four hours. I'm sure we would have. I, so. I know we would have because that was a more humid day than yeah. even what we experienced four years before at yeah. that race. And so, um, yeah. So you can you can have it's it's coming back to some realism in, you know, um, in in deciding like what's what's realistic for me right now. Yes. What did I start this training cycle with? Did I start with thinking I was going to do X? But where am I right now? And that may not be, you know, where you where you thought you would be, or maybe you've exceeded that and you're and you're faster than you thought you would have been. Um so we're are eleven All weeks right. out from Marine Corps. Yeah. And so it's it's not quite people maybe aren't getting as exhausted yet, but things are, you know, again, the same injuries are starting to crop up. All right. So someone says that they have been sore since they're eleven miles on Saturday. They tried to run the following Tuesday, only three miles, and then tried running and was only able to run six minutes. They stretched before and after. Help. All right. So first off, don't stretch ever. (laughs) Um, A dynamic warm-up is fine if that's something that you like to do. My favorite thing to do is just do a mile of 1530s to warm up, to kind of loosen it up. Um... And then and then go into whatever I need to do. But my my thought is, if you are sore after eleven miles, you ran too fast. Yeah, it's so, probably not the shoes. It's probably not the terrain. It's probably the pace. I agree. Um, and yeah, if you stretched before, so stretching is just this weird thing. Like it's not the stretching is bad, but. It's elongating muscles that you want to be contracting. And so mm-hmm. when you're running, they're contracting. So do not stretch before. If stretching feels good, it's okay to stretch after, but be careful. Yeah. Overstretching, overstretching is, is it's bad. It's bad. Um, and so there's actually some data that says that th- uh, muscles lose about 30% of their strength when they're stretched yeah, for up to four hours after the stretching session. Right. So by stretching a muscle, you are actually decreasing the power that it can put out. So 
Stretching in, I am not a huge fan of stretching in general. No. We are doing some yoga. Yes. That's one of the reasons why I like Ross's classes, which I mentioned before, is he's a runner and he talks a lot about like, right. like his downward jogs. He tells everybody bend their knees the entire time. I was like, yes, keep my hamstrings not, short. Yeah, not overstretch <laughs> the hamstring. And again, you're so, doing that. We're doing that after. Yeah, in we're the doing, evenings. We're doing it in evenings. We're not doing stretching before. Definitely not before, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's definitely, like, you want to really, like, really slow down, like, especially as you increase mileage if you haven't been running long miles for a long time. So, um, yeah, I think that we are getting close to, to time, to time, but uh, whatever marathon you're training for, whatever race you're training for this fall, we're so excited for you. You're going to do great. Just be honest about your goals. Uh, if you come up with hiccups along the way, definitely reach out to us. We love to help. And hopefully we will have a report on a little bit of running um, <laughs> for our next show. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get back um, into it. We've got uh, 11 weeks to go till marathon. Yeah, and then I think we're also signed up for Philly. <laughs> we are. I did just look at deferrals, and, like, we can wait for a little while, but it's yeah. only $10 to defer to next year. So, oh. Or we okay. can drop to the half. So yeah, or we so, could just go around the or marathon. We can go around the marathon. <laughs> if we if we can run if we run Marine Corps and have and have no um, issues I mean, between now and then, I you're able to okay run. We'll go do running party pace for two races. Like I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't even necessarily want to run four ten. Like I'm like four thirty is fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we uh, party we'll pace. See, we'll see what the next few weeks look like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Who knows what'll happen? Who knows what will happen? Everything is up in the air. Life is up in the air. I think we yeah. just live day by day at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think it probably it will make sense for us to publish a 10 weeks to marathon plan. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. So we're we're going to have to start today. modeling. So. Yeah, I'll work on that today. And and let's not forget that there are other race distances other than the marathon. Yes. Fall 10Ks. We have two athletes starting a fall 10K plan, which is going to be so exciting. It is. And so. then and then I want to look at, you know, not right this fall, but I want to look at, like, getting our mile time down yeah. as, like, a goal, like, oh, just mile goal. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, there's so many goals. It doesn't have to be the marathon. The marathon yeah. gets a lot of the the the. Um, I just love running long. Marathon gets well. It just gets a lot of the glamour and a lot of the uh, excitement because it's because and you it know is what? Such a big feat. We published an eight weeks to Jeff's race. Yeah, we should publish twenty weeks to a half marathon. We should publish yeah. a long half marathon. Yeah, plan. that's a good idea. Um, because Jeff's race is happening in March, and I'm gonna be able to go. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll get your discount codes. Hopefully, you guys can join us in Atlanta or virtually. Yeah. I love, love, love the swag. Yeah, and of course the experience because it is Jeff's race and Jeff's race weekend, and Barb has her 5K. Yeah, and it's like it's just a really super fun. Um, way to com- connect with the Galilee community. So yeah, we'll be there, of course, in March, and hopefully you guys can join us too. It's um, it's uh, St. Patty's Day weekend, which will be so. very very fun. Um, and we will have some new shirts that I'm going to be working on because I want more shirts. Merch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't so. have a record yet, but we have cute shirts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, merch. so we we went to see, and we got poured on. We went to see Jason Mraz and his opener. Oh, my gosh. What was her name? Um, it was it was uh, something M-M. Martin. Her last name is Martin. Um, you and have I, a photo of I, it. 
Yeah, I have it on. I also have it on. I looked her up. Um, so she has Spotify. Monica Martin. Monica Martin. Yeah, so she's on Spotify. Find her on there. She, she's, Monica she's Martin. Such a beautiful voice. She had an amazing voice. She was the opener, and like her, she had a little trio. It was her and a guitarist and a bassist, and she was just so funny and so cute. And I, I really, really enjoyed her thoroughly. Yeah. And she said. I don't have a record, but I have a T-shirt, and it's, and it's really super cute. cute. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I love you!" Yeah, like she's like, "I'm working on that," but for now, I have a T-shirt, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, that's yeah. perfect." She's like, "Priorities." I was like, "Yes, priorities." Yeah. Uh, she also shared that she's neurodivergent. Yes. Um, and got an autism diagnosis as an adult, and I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah." I feel I, for you yeah. with my adult ADHD diagnosis. Yeah. So it like. It was like when two neurodivergent people meet. It's like, our, here's all of my information. Here's all of mine. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, are we best friends? Here's my yeah. hyperfixations. Yeah. It's 100% true. So, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining us. Remember, you can support the podcast by going to rengallowaygirls.com slash shop. A great way to support us as well would be going to beautycounter.com slash rengallowaygirls. Get some amazing skincare and some what I refer to as help me make a baby makeup. <laughs> um, yes. Clean beauty. Really, really great uh, safe clean products. beauty products and that are work that work and are fantastic. Yeah. And one of the things that we haven't really mentioned about the company is one of their missions is to make it so change the laws so that all products are safer because they we believe they believe that even in a market where every product is safe that our performance will st- will help us stand apart from that. So, And they do. Yeah. Their so, products are yeah. amazing. We, we love them. And we hope you guys do too. Um, and we're, we will see you after this weekend. Um, we have a lot of planning to do with the pod. Um, but it's exciting to have recorded 30, episode 35. 35. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Thanks for All listening. Right. All right. Bye.